When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Al, Emily just shamed me for wearing flip-flops to uh, Rams away games when it's Sunday afternoon here. Oh, come at on, man. I said, I wear them to work when it's uh, you know Sunday and there's nobody here. She goes, oh, no, I, I know, I know. She mm. made me self-conscious. <laughs> that could be construed as bullying, Emily. I might have it's to report you to bullying. HR. You know what you should it's do? It's an observation. You know what you should do this upcoming Rams season? Yes. You should wear your flip-flops and then when you get to – you sit in that seat when you're doing the show, right, with Kirk? Yes. Take your flip-flops off, <laughs> and then wherever you walk from on. there, just barefoot. I thought you were going to put my feet on the desk. So, like, like go, go down to the kitchen. You're grabbing some food or something like that. Just completely barefoot the whole time. No. I'm like, getting nothing but support for my you-need-to-wash-your-feet take, guys. I, I, I understand. <laughs> I, like, I don't have, like, a phobia of it, but I'm not doing it. My feet are, are perfectly clean. As it's you, like stretching. If you, <laughs> no, it might be better I, for you, I'm but more, you're not going to do I'm it. I'm more open to washing my feet than I am stretching. Like, if you okay. told me you have to do one or the other every day, I'd have the cleanest feet in town. I would be, uh, I'd set that up for sure. So you went on with Mason and Ireland yesterday to de- yeah. debunk some uh, Taylor Swift stuff, but that quickly became not the topic. It was more the fact that you were napping in the middle okay, of the day. Okay, yeah. So um, after the, sh- so here's my like post work routine essentially because I get I get up early. I get up at five usually, and I you know get ready for the day and then come into work and all that good stuff. So I get up early and I uh, usually. Get home from work around like 1.30, 1.45, depends on how long I stay after work. And then I make lunch, and then I typically take about a 40-minute nap. Sometimes a little shorter, sometimes a little longer. And uh, <laughs> my alarm was about to go off when my phone started buzzing, and it's a you know random number, and it's the, the hotline number from uh, here at, at the station. And Greg's like, calling you now. And I'm like, okay, am I in trouble? <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know. what I did like, I do? Because I'm coming out from like a nap, and I'm like groggy or whatever. And so, yeah, again, the guys talk to me, and they ask me about the Austin Reeves, Taylor Swift news, which bullet points doesn't exist. People which obviously, kinda... they're a couple. They're together, right? <laughs> yep. People just like to throw out uh, Taylor Swift is dating XYZ names whenever she breaks up with somebody. Anyway. Austin Reeves. And then my, right. <laughs> my alarm went off. And I was like, oh, sorry, guys. My alarm went off. And then they were like, hey, they're my you're... favorite celebrity couple, by the way. <laughs> and they're like, you're napping at 3 p.m. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wake up at this time early and I wake, I go to take a little nap at 3 p.m. so that I have energy for the rest of the day. Okay. I got a question for you. I just, I'm a napper too. Yeah. I like to take a nap, so this is not a, a judgment, but I'm wondering if you experience the same thing I do, that when you get, for lack of a better word, caught taking a nap, do you feel guilty? No. You do not? Nope. Because I think any most people know that, like, the, how early I wake up, so I don't yeah. really care. Also, I have no, like, responsibilities. It's not like I'm not doing something. I, I'm, I'm just going to go out you, and I'm do not it. saying you should. <laughs> why I, are I'm you, really like, not. getting, why are you yelling at Trav? Like, you're very defensive <laughs> See, right now. I, 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 be, I, I get up early as well, but when I was doing the morning show with Key yeah. and LZ, mm-hmm. I was up at, you know, four most mornings yeah. coming in here and all these things, because it's just, it's just an early start, and I would more often than not take a little nap in the middle of the day right i I would do it too 
But when the phone would ring and I'd have to answer the phone or something, yeah. I always, and for no good reason, always felt guilty about it. Like you were doing something you weren't supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, it's a little shade because like everyone else is at work or doing yeah. another thing. But it's like I already did my work day. And I, you know, what else? Would you rather me be on my phone, scrolling my phone or all that good stuff? I needed to take a yes. little nap so that I could stay Susan up. Susan judges I'm me aggressively when I nap. You took another nap? I'm more oh, guilty. Geez. I'll tell you what I'm more guilty about. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, was, I mean, I was tired. Jeez, Susan. I slept for half an hour. Was talk a big to her deal. about that tomorrow. It wasn't a half an hour. It was two hours. And I'm like, man, take it easy. I'm going to talk to Susan tomorrow and say, listen, he works hard. Okay? Show's had success. Travis has I mean, a lot to do with I that. Try. Let the man take a nap. I try. Um, I've, I have more guilt for other things. Like, I have more guilt if I'm – if I – as an example, if I spent – I don't know, uh, on my phone for a half hour scrolling through nothing. By the time I'm done with that, I have much more guilt than I would if I took a quick nap or something. You know what I mean? I think there's so many other things I'd feel more guilty about than taking a quick power nap. It's just the not being productive. Even for mm-hmm. when you get caught doing something that is just inherently unproductive yeah it feels but it doesn't feel bad doing it it feels bad getting caught doing it it only is bad if you sleep longer than what you're supposed to like sometimes if i just if i don't set an alarm and just sleep i can sleep for a while in the middle of the day yes really i can you I, should start <laughs> taking naps at 12 30 okay we'll do i i can sleep i'm never been someone who lacks the ability to go to sleep it's just i sleep too long sometimes i would be all right with that I just look. I, I'm team sleep. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent on board with that. All right, Emily. So give us the tiers that have been laid out. So the the idea, Slee, is that there are various tiers here of okay. NBA players that could be available, whether it's mm-hmm. free agency trades and all of these other things. And which part of the store should they be shopping in? Are you talking like designer yeah. brand or are you talking? <laughs> oh wait, wait. Are we actually brand? putting where? Because I, I like this game. Yes. Oh, we're <laughs> applying the actual stores. Yes, give me an okay. idea. Okay. So okay, T- go ahead. Tiffany go ahead and now. Walmart, right? Are the are the two ends, right? That Tiffany is super high end. Walmart is is more of a discount but store. But then there's yeah. Macy's in the middle. Macy's, other Target. Yeah, I, I need more like department stores. <laughs> Bloomingdale's, uh, you know, all that good stuff. But so here's this list that uh, John Hollinger had in the Athletic, and so his, this is his potential free agents this this off season. So there's tier one, which is like the all stars. Let's just say that is Tiffany's. That's the biggest one. So it's James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Fred VanVleet, and Christos Porzingis. Oh, so there's are- one. There's <laughs> one in there I really like, T Raj. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do you want to keep on going to tier two? Or do you want to- yeah, no. Okay. So tier two is the high-end role players. So those are the guys, Austin Reeves, who obviously yeah, is, is locked up right now, Danny Taylor Swift, Miles Bridges, Josh Hart, D'Lo, Chris Middleton, Cam Johnson, Jakob Pertl, Draymond Green, um, and Gary Trent Jr. So that's like the second round of those guys. So those are kind of like the... Those are Macy's, I guess, you know? And then let's scroll down. We got tier three... Which is uh, Trey Jones, Jordan Clarkson, PJ Washington, Kobe White, Jeremy Grant, uh, Bruce Brown, Dylan, and Dylan Brooks. So those are like the one step below. Those are good tiers. Um, okay, so th- this is this kind of what I find fascinating this offseason for the Lakers. And I, I read the article and I saw the tiers. It really, actually, t- it's a great breakdown of. Trav, you could call it like classes, right? Classes in the NBA. Um, the 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 tier one all stars. 
I don't think you'll be too shocked with this one, but T-Rodge, is there a player there specifically? It's James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Fred Van Vliet, and Chris Stapps Porzingis. Is there a player well, there yeah, that stands out th- th- to you for the there Lakers? There is, but my, my, my problem with this is who's in which tier. The, the, the problem is because the one guy in tier one is the, the guy that I want that I don't think should be in tier one, okay. and it's Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. That, that Van Vliet is the guy, and that's not that he's not a really good player, but Van Vliet is not a guy like Harden, like Kyrie, and to a point like Porzingis that has to be the featured player in what it is that you're doing. You're not bringing James Harden in to be a role guy, right? You're not bringing Kyrie Irving in to be a role guy. Van Vliet can assimilate into what it is you're doing team-wise, collectively, and I like a player like that. That's why the Tier 2 guys, I, I want to but, but, but dude, can I, the can best I, can guys. I, can I tell you this? Doesn't that even make him more valuable? Because I, sure. I, let me, because I, I don't disagree with you that Harden needs the ball or Kyrie needs the ball. But Van Vliet is as good as – if you said, hey, Al, you could pick between these three players right now, which player would you want? No I'm question. taking Fred Van Vliet. No question. No question about it. So I, I think the – I almost think what you're saying about a player that has the upside of being a really, really nice player. I mean, look, not only is he a champion, I I think he plays basketball the right way. I like his style. I like the way he ripped a referee like no tomorrow in a press conference that I haven't seen in a really long time. I I like his – there's a lot that I like about him. But I don't mind putting him in that tier one because if you said pick between these four players, I'm taking him. Yeah, okay, fine. I just, when you're talking about stars in this league, I think that if you're talking to casual basketball fans, Fred Van Vliet's name is very unlikely to come up. Harden's is, or uh, Kyrie's is, probably not Porzingis either. He's the best fit, but for sure. What I don't want is somebody to come in and have to battle for attention slash touches slash shots that is... Kyrie, that is James Harden, that were Russell Westbrook. Give me a guy that fits into what you already have. So I, I think then we both agree. Tier one, Van Fleet is that guy. So and listen, how they get him and it, would it be complicated? Of course it would. They're still going to have to figure out with D'Angelo Russell if that's the if they end up with D'Lo. Let me let me also say this, and I, this is somebody who's been very critical about D'Angelo Russell. Worst case scenario, ending up with D'Lo is not a terrible scenario. Right, it's not. It really, really isn't. Like I, I want to, as much as I've been critical about D'Angelo Russell, if they ended up with D'Lo, I don't think the world is going to end. I think they just have to get him at the right price and then have that flexibility of, hey, is this working out? Is it not? And then they have those options at the trade deadline. I think they finally have a team. You know what I mean? They, they, they finally have something right. that resembles a, a, not even resembles, that is a functioning team. LeBron James and Anthony Davis as your one and two in whatever order you want to put them in. I don't care. You got your one and your two, and then you've got a a very clear guy that is not just a a role guy, but better than that in Austin Reeves. You've got another role player in Rui Hachimura who fits in really well with what you're doing. And and, and I don't disagree with what you're saying, Slee. I'm not a huge D'Angelo Russell fan. But that's not the worst outcome in the world. It, no, it's it, not. It, it, it's not. It, that if he's there and you can get guys to play at a high level occasionally, like which is I think is what Russell probably is, you can live with it. I don't want something to upset the balance of that. They need to get better. They need to get more good players. But I don't want to completely rewrite the structure of the team. That doesn't interest me at all. Where D'Lo can also play a big part on this team, you still got to play 82 regular season games. 
right? You have a 26-year-old that can kind of help out on that front um, where he can kind of grind out through the regular season. And then, you know, obviously once you get to the postseason, things will change from there. Yeah, they, they need more talent, like you've been saying all along, but not at the expense of changing. the. They finally have a culture that makes sense to me, Al. The coach mm-hmm. culture makes sense. The star structure makes sense. The supporting structure makes sense. All the, the role players make sense to me. You just need to get a little better in some of these places without trying to completely reinvent and say, oh, we need the third star, or we need yeah. the third. The, yeah. just, just hold on a second. And I, I'll go back. Andy Andy said this a few times while you were on, on – uh, in Joshua Tree. Yep. That I do think what happens in the NBA Finals will inform how we feel about the Lakers a little bit. That if the Nuggets end up winning this this the, the Finals in five or six games, and that okay. feels like the most likely outcome, sure. then the Lakers are just as good as ever. They're not as good as the Nuggets, but so what? Neither is anybody else. They, They're also they, the only team that the Nuggets swept. Yeah, but they were every game. It wasn't like they lost each game by 20 points either. They were Jeez, in those games. That They're close. That it, it, it had... If Miami pushes this to seven games, if all of these games are really tight, nip and tuck, then I think it's like, okay, we got a little bit ways to go. But I really do think that the Lakers are as mm. close as they've been to being a contender, just as currently constructed as they've been in probably since that bubble season. They're, they're, and, don't, and don't throw sand in those gears. They'll also be, I mean, listen, Denver, let's just say, wins the entire thing. Lakers had already lost to the Nuggets. You got a lot of teams that are going to make their adjustments. Are the Nuggets going to be the exact same team next year? Where uh, is that hunger still? I'm, I'm just saying that yeah. once a team wins, it is a it's little different. bit different. But and everybody's shooting for them. Sure, they 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 do not have the burden of what the Lakers have dealt with really for the last forty or fifty years. Well, where well, every time they come into a building, it's like, all right, I want to beat these guys. Also, too, that's why I think having if you have the same squad and if you come into the regular season and training camp with the same team you're also going to not have to play the way you did over the final month to just get in how much will that have an influence denver was basically chilling for the last 30 days of the regular season right but they earned that they 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 built themselves they built enough equity to where they could do that the lakers didn't have that all right so the football schedule for not this upcoming season, but next season for USC and UCLA is out. And you got to wonder, Slate, did they have that moment in the building where like, did we make the right decision? Because it's a mess. That's coming up. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
So are we going to get together before the show tomorrow? Or are we just going to meet at 5 o'clock on the dot on the red carpet? Like, what, what are we doing tomorrow, Slee? How are, how are you and I going to make this happen for us and Emily and Taylor? Well, I, I'm more concerned. How are we all crashing afterwards? Because we got one hotel. We got one hotel room. For those who don't know, there's going to be about eight of us in the one room at Commerce. So I'm just saying, am I on? Are we pulling out of bed? Or how are we doing this? <laughs> Let's what one thing at a time before you move on to the next thing. Let's get the first thing done. Are we meeting for some sort of pregame festivity? Uh, sure. You want to meet tomorrow before? You that, want to go like a little? Sound, Emily, would you like to meet for a drink beforehand? Uh, are you going to wash your feet? <laughs> yeah, and I won't wear well, flip-flops. Okay, Trap, Trap, here's the reality. Let's say we, you and I meet up for a drink beforehand, which I'm completely okay to do. So that means we're getting there about 4.30. You down to get there at four thirty? Hmm. Four fifty? We'll 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 shotgun one in in the yeah, back actually, of uh, uh, your four, Subaru. Four fifty will work. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Em, are you down? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Taylor, you want to you want to join the party? <laughs> I'll come find you guys. All right, we'll figure something out. We'll figure. We we need to look. We need to have a celebration for our show before, just in case it goes a certain way during the show. We're grabbing yeah. two. Yeah, we're grabbing we, two. By the way, I, so, you keep saying that, but you're never specific on which two. Well, it you doesn't just keep matter. Two. No, I agree. It doesn't matter. But you've landed on a very specific number, which has me curious. Um, I I, I can't. I really truly can't tell you exactly which ones, but we're gonna get two. The show's gonna get two. I feel good about that. Slee, so you missed it. So in the break, uh. Travis had a major old man take. So, uh, so UVA is playing baseball right now, and uh, yep. the pitcher for UVA right now is uh, is uh, Jay Wolfolk, who uh, wears the number four as a pitcher. And Travis is like, "Oh yeah, single digit pitchers, never. it never works." And, and no, like, it's okay. not that it doesn't work; it's that I don't like it. <laughs> but why? What's the, it just? What's the it, reason? it offends my aesthetic sensibilities. It just doesn't look right. Does it make you feel worse that okay? So Jay Wolfolk also plays backup quarterback for UVA and his number as a backup quarterback is 16. That's fine. Okay, so 16 is fine, but 4 is a pitcher 16 is a quarterback is fine, 4 is a quarterback is fine, 16 is a pitcher is fine, 4 is a pitcher is not. Okay. Al, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I got Michael Thompson coming at us that we're crazy <laughs> that Kyrie that we're we're taking Van Vliet over Kyrie. He's just all over us. He's all over us. He thinks Kyrie. How are you not taking Kyrie? Take Kyrie in a long-term deal. He's uh, he doesn't like our pick there, uh, T. Rush. He's not crazy about our pick. Yeah, I, I told him he's nuts, and I just moved on. Oh, so you? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You didn't even give him the the recognition. Yeah, like, no, I, I, I recognize. I responded to his tweet. I said, "No, he's nuts," and we just I kept it. I, I shouldn't say I didn't say Michael's nuts. Kyrie is nuts, and I want well, to move on. But there's the one thing I don't understand. If you got to give one of those two guys a long-term deal. You're really going to give Kyrie Irving a long-term deal? <laughs> Look, there's one team in the NBA that's going to give Kyrie a long-term deal. The Mavs, the Dallas Mavericks, yeah, because they have no choice. Go ask the Cavs and the Celtics and the Nets how it worked out. Go, just, just. Look, when people are happier to see you go than when you arrive, that's pretty much all I need to know. Now, now, if you said this is where I could buy into what Michael said. If you said, hey, you get Kyrie for one year or Van Vliet for one year, even though I still like Van Vliet, but I get the one-year short-term, 
he's going to be there for one year with LeBron, but he's not going to take a one-year deal to be a Los Angeles Laker. No, look, there's been nothing to indicate that the Lakers are interested. That, that all of the the leaks and the reporting and the, that that they are just they, they have their interest lies elsewhere. What if Bron's interested? Well, that's what we've been talking about forever, yeah. right? The idea of what, what he wants and what you want sure. may no longer be the same thing and that you're going to have to find something that maybe is in the middle of the two or you're just going to have to say no. You're going to have to say, look, I understand why you want it and I respect what you want, but we're not going to do that and here's why. Because, look, LeBron's not going anywhere and he's not going anywhere next year and who knows what happens after that. His kid's getting ready to play at SC. He's going to want to see his kid play. He's going to want to be in Los Angeles, all these things. You can say no to that and, and feel pretty comfortable that it's not going to change all that much. Yeah, and I think it all comes down to, too. all right, hey, you want us to get Kyrie? Sounds good. Is he going to sign a one-year deal? Is he going to be here for one year? to, I guess you can call it, uh, just kind of line up with Braun or prove that he's a reliable player. Yeah. Emily, they just, they're just they taking number four off the mound and putting number 32 in. I'm sure okay. it's a coincidence. It has nothing to do with it. He just had a bad start to the inning. They don't want to lose. Yeah, they're just, they they realized game. that there was the only pitcher with a single-digit number that I'm okay with is Julio. Julio okay. at number seven. We can uh, That's fine. Julio can wear seven, but uh, everyone else I'm going to need two. Numbers. You, you want to play third base with one number? Fine. First base, no problem. Shortstop? Knock yourself out. Keyshawn understands. He 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 looked at me like I was crazy. He said at one point, he goes, yeah, they wanted me to wear a number. When he went to the Jets, he wanted to like wear number 82 or whatever it was. He goes, I'm not wearing that. I'm wearing 19. I'm like, well, what difference does it make? And he goes, because 82 doesn't look right. I'm like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard until I saw number four run out to the mound right there. And now it, uh, now it all it comes makes back. perfect sense. Full circle. All right, so. USC's got one season left in the Pac-12. Yep. They are the odds-on favorite to win it. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in one second. But their first year in the Big Ten in the football season 2024, the schedule got released. Both theirs and your and UCLA's schedules got released. Mm-hmm. UCLA, or excuse me, let's start with SC. UCLA's schedule includes games against the following teams in 2024. They play Michigan. Penn State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, LSU, and UCLA. And this is USC, right? This is USC schedule. I'll say it again. Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and LSU. They play all of those teams in two years. UCLA's schedule includes Michigan, Ohio State, LSU, and USC. Yes, oddly, both USC and UCLA will both play LSU in 2024. SC plays them in Vegas in one of those season openers, and yep. UCLA will go to Baton Rouge uh, for for a home game against the the LSU Tigers. They're also going to play like Rutgers and there, Maryland. No, there's and always going to be a few dogs, right? They're, they're, every every conference has a Rutgers or a, a Cal. They, they've all got them, right? Slee, that is a monster. Mm-hmm. That is a monster. And I understand that the money that comes along with it, I know that we're going to hear complaints about the travel because they're out here on the West Coast and nothing else is even close. But did they really actually kind of stop and think about what they – because they're going to play Notre Dame every year. Yeah. So that's a that's a non-conference game that is a, a tough one every single year. And now you are throwing top 10 opponents at yourself left and right week after week after week. Uh, to be frank, I love it. I really, really okay, love it. That, that whole, I do too, but stop right there. Mm-hmm. It's great TV. It's yep. great TV. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily great for those football programs. 
That's different. There's two very. Is it great for the consumer? Hell yep. yes, it is. Is it great for USC's chances to go play for a college football title? Uh, probably not. So this is why I love it. And part of um, part of the reason is the way the playoffs are now going to be expanded. It's going to be 12 teams, right? 12 teams will be a part of the playoffs. This is why this brutal schedule is okay. It's okay because you went from four teams before getting into the college playoff. And you're right, Trav. If you had, imagine having this schedule and four squads get in. Imagine that, right? There, USC would never, the chances of USC seeing. Nobody uh, navigates that schedule. Nobody's going to navigate that. And I think now just the mere fact that, I think SC understands this. I think a lot of these, the Michigans of the world understand it. That conference understands it. Look, you're going to lose games now. And some people hate the idea and the concept of, well, the regular season meant so much more before. It's not, you don't want it to become like March. You don't want it to become like college basketball, where it literally doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. Mm -hmm. But with 12 teams getting in now, and the fact that you're right, put the money to the side because. And you can't put the money to the side from just a strictly business perspective. These are monster matchups. Can you imagine the Coliseum when they get Penn State and they get Michigan and they get, I know they already get Notre Dame, but when they get some of these schools to come, I think not only is it great for the consumer, like you said, business, it's going to be amazing. I do feel there is a little bit for me, and I know some people might not share the same thing. It's a little disappointing that Oregon's not on there. It's a little mm-hmm. disappointing that some of those schools that you got accustomed to playing against in the Pac-12 that 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 those memories are going to be gone. But we'll see, you know, what happens from there. I, I really like it, and I like it also because there's going to be 12 schools that now get in, which gives teams like USC an yeah, opportunity but you're to be a the part most of the important mix. part. That I, I agree with you that there's going to be teams with multiple losses that get in, but not with three and four losses. You're not going to see a bunch of three and four loss teams in there. There's still only 12 spots. It's not like we're going out to 24 or 25. Okay. They, but, but, but you're USC. Aren't you supposed to be – I mean, the standards that SC has sure. or that we try to hold them to, is it that uh, much different? You're right about that. What I'm, I, you're, you're, I think we're looking at it from different perspective. If I'm USC, I, I, I expect to win a lot of these games, but if you're playing a schedule like that every year – you're almost guaranteed to lose two. Now you stub your toe once, you're out. Okay. Can so I ask you the difference? What's the difference in the SEC? The SEC, they don't have the depth of that. This is the SEC is top heavy. This idea that the SEC is good from one through fourteen is just not true. The SEC has like five good teams, and they end up playing two or three against each other. SEC is going to have to play. I'll use as an example. LSU is going to have to play USC, right? Use that as as one once, right? Once. They'll probably have some, um, you know, you'll 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 certainly have some some tougher games here and there. Texas and Oklahoma is going to end up in yep. in that uh, in that conference as well. I think you're going to have two conferences are in a sense. It's not always going to be equal. You'll get, but two. there's some mirroring two mirroring all, of each other, right? So the SEC and the Big Ten will each get two for sure. Every year they will get two. That takes up four. Now you got eight spots left. Pac-12 champion has to go. Big 12 champion has to go. Now we're down to six spots left. Okay, the Big East champion's got to go. The AEC champ, uh, SEC champ, or excuse me, ACC champion needs to go. Yep. Now we're down to four, right? Now you're down to four at-large spots. You're going to be tough, hard-pressed to get in with three losses. 
And, and that's true for, like, the, you're talking about SEC teams, but yeah. USC was not going to come out of the Pac-12 with three losses regularly. It was just never going to happen. Okay, so let me spin the zone this, okay? Yes, schedule is going to be a lot more difficult. You're going to be uh, you have more potential to lose two games, potentially three or four, whatever. That's going to be a bad season if they lose three games, regardless of who they are. But consider right now, USC blows through the Pac-12, undefeated season, Pac-12 champion. You can't. You don't have to close your eyes to see them getting blown out in the first round of the of the semifinals because of the competition that. that they've had to go through. So if you're battle tested going through the Big Ten, you're you're playing these teams. These these teams that you might play in the championship over and over again. You're battle tested. You're be- more ready when you get to the playoffs. No, I, I I understand what you're saying. I don't know if I buy it. That. Why not? Because SC, if you can get through any schedule, Pac-12 schedule, any schedule, if you go through clean, I'm not saying it's like playing Alabama and, and Georgia every week, but it means Ask you're Cincinnati. really, really good. Yeah, Cincinnati wasn't playing in, in a Pac-12. They're playing in an AAC or one of the – TCU beat Michigan. Right. Right? They Everybody got their ass kicked by Georgia. That wasn't a TCU thing. Georgia killed everybody. They killed everybody in the SEC. That wasn't – Almost a, lost to that, Ohio State. Yeah, but that what that wasn't a Big Twelve issue. They they smoked everybody. But if USC breezed through the Pac twelve this year and they beat everybody, but it's forty five to thirty five every game, they're not ready to play Georgia. They're not Trav, ready to play Michigan. I, I, I think ultimately, at the end of the day, SC they're the last school I want to hear complain is USC. They are the big boys. You've always told me this. You've always said, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, there's no. a program you're, that can you're, turn you're it around like this. Mouth. I'm not saying they're complaining. I'm saying they signed up for something that was a bad idea. That the reality of this schedule I, I, is is a bad idea. That getting like like we talked about. If you about only with had four team. squads getting in, I agree. But you got twelve now. But you but you're not you don't have twelve at large spots. You have like three that are left, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of the same deal. Right, you're gonna have you either win the Big Twelve or be the runner-up. Or excuse me, the Big Ten. You either win it or you're the runner-up. Both of those two teams are gonna go. But if you're beyond that, now now you got to get creative. Now you got to get into that whole stupid thing that we have. Same thing in, in every con. You got to make the case, right? You got to argue for these things. I'm Do not you, saying that they didn't sign. They, look, they, this is a straight money grab, yep. and that's what they wanted, and that's what they get. But that money is gonna come with a path that is a monster for everybody. For everybody. Especially for them because they have those non-conference games. They have that traditional game. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. if – Emily, help me out with this. It's like some of those traditional games, like Wisconsin and Minnesota, right? Well, I get to play Minnesota every year. That's a huge advantage. Or I get to play Indiana every year. USC is going to play Notre Dame every year. Sure, They're going to sure. play UCLA every year. These are teams that can give you a hard time. And if you're playing Michigan or Ohio State every year, it's just the path is really challenging. All right, put all that to the side. What an unbelievable product. Like you said in the beginning, oh, the consumer product, unbelievable. Absolutely. It, for, yeah. for football fans, for you, for me, for Emily, let's go. I mean, there's going to be a good game, multiple good games every single week. Northwestern at 9 a.m. is going to be super fun to watch. <laughs> I'll skip that one. I'll skip. They're too smart. They shouldn't be good at football anyway. Way too smart. We'll get into Factor Cap. Coming up next, it's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey guys, Travis, I'm blaming you. Uh, 32 let a uh, run in, so uh, that's great. Well, he let in, Two runs, actually. He let in number four's guys that hey, he put on base. You never know. Maybe number no, four no, no, could no. have These guys that. are more than a number, okay? <laughs> I do know. As a pitcher, I knew exactly who my guys were. If I'm 32, and this is a very poor reflection of my character, I'm like, those are his runs. That's not my problem. I'm hey. worried about the guy that I have to get out. I was a bad guy. Well, you know, number 32 didn't get enough people out. So, <laughs> no, uh, he, he did. Four didn't. <laughs> Who's are down, one run, uh, bottom of the eighth. So, still got some time to, to make up. Yep. Anyway, I know you guys don't really care. So I, do. <laughs> I, I, was, I care. <laughs> I was scrolling on TikTok this morning, and uh, this came across my TikTok for you page, FYP, in case if you want to sound hip. So, uh, there's a new Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, documentary on Netflix right now. And so uh, James Cameron, uh, who was the director of The Terminator, was talking about, you know, the process of finding Arnold to be uh, to The Terminator. But there's also someone else that was up for grabs to be The Terminator. So I'm going to go ahead and play, and play the sound. During a conversation, it became clear that no one was really hooked to O.J. Simpson playing Terminator because he could not be sold as a killing machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So studios wanted OJ, had Arnold as the other option, uh, decided on Arnold because he could be a killing machine. So you could see OJ as the Terminator. Travis Federcap. Come on, man. Yes. I mean, look, it's very hard. The the answer is cap for the for the reasons that Arnold very succinctly and hilariously laid out. You, I, I know that when you hear the name O.J. Simpson now, it means a very specific thing. Yeah. O.J. Simpson then was mm. everybody's favorite guy. And marketable he, like crazy. He was every, yeah. everybody loved him. He was the guy that was uh, Hurts. He was the guy that was doing NFL games. He was, he was an incredibly popular, likable, affable just really deeply well liked person and Get him to the going and him going into the police station and shooting the place up and doing everything would have been you know like I'm not buying it's that's OJ right and and OJ was so famous at the time Arnold famous but not like that he wasn't Arnold now so it's oddly spot on accurate Al unfortunately fact I could see it too I don't want to see it but when I close my eyes I can see it like I can see him actually playing the part like Trav was mentioning. How popular he was, um, yeah, I, I could definitely see it. Fact, Taylor. Fact, absolutely. In, in fact, I don't think it's too late. I mean, we're doing all kinds of remakes. I think we should get OJ. We should slide him in that what role. What else is he doing? Playing yeah. golf? Going on uh, social on, media? Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, hi there. It's it's yours truly. That he opens every tweet or video with "It's yours truly" is sadly very very funny. <laughs> Tyler. Yeah, cap for me. It's Arnold and nobody else. Um. Yeah, I just can't see it. I, I think Arnold hammered the role so well. It's the yeah. It, the, yeah. <laughs> it, it really brings that thing home. Get to the chopper. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't see it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Elemental is Pixar's newest uh, film coming out soon, um, and it's the first original non-franchise film to be released theatrically by Pixar since the start of the pandemic. So. Keep in mind, it's like, you know, the multiples have been released in theaters, but everything else has been straight to streaming um, on Disney+. Plus. So, and so Elemental Team, uh, 
uh, on the Pixar film said they're excited for it to return to theater because they're really disappointed that people are watching these films on their phones. So you try not to watch movies on your phone. Alan, factor cap. Uh, beyond fact. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I can't watch movies on my phone. If I'm, I, I listen. There's certain things I will watch. Um, a lot of it just more social based or something like that. Maybe it's a, a quick clip from YouTube. Even though a lot of times with YouTube, I'll just listen to the audio if like I don't need to actually see it. I'm listening to some kind of sports thing or whatever the case is. To watch a movie on my phone, that sounds. Uh, I I can't do it. That's not down my. That's not down my lane at all. Trev? Fact for me too. It, I I've never watched a movie on my phone. Ever. Is it because the size is too small? Or it, it's it yes. Because you're so it, old. It's what <laughs> it's Jesus. both of those things. Uh it's <laughs> happening it's, here. It's what Al said too. It's I, I it's just not something I do. It does it doesn't sound enjoyable to me. Movies are big. Movies are, are grand, right? That even a movie at home on a TV feels very different than a movie in a movie theater. It's just if I'm gonna see a movie. I want to see it in the theater. I like streaming it on my phone. I, I've literally never done it, and yeah. I don't think I will. Taylor, fact: you said this is Pixar that's that's making this claim. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I don't think people are even doing this. I mean, I think the people that are streaming people on it, planes. Yeah. Yeah, on planes. I guess. Yeah, so, you're right. But I, I've never done it. Um, not for me either. Also, my best friend Ethan, he does it all the time, and it makes me so mad. <laughs> Tyler. Yeah, it's fact for me. And if people are watching these movies on planes on their phone, why are we why are we drawing the line between the phone and the tiny little screen that's on there's the back no of the difference. seat in front of you? You know, like I uh, for sure there's double the size. There's production. <laughs> there's production value to movies that you definitely want to appreciate, and you can really only do that with a with a decent size. Tyler, screen. not everybody flies the way you fly. Okay, yeah, not first every class. plane has those nice screens like you fly, Wait, okay, really? buddy? I feel like that's like a standard now, like a backup no. camera on a car. You're, you're no. right, Tyler. No. Yeah. Spirit yeah. Airlines, no. They're both, you might be right about that, <laughs> Tyler. Well, you're, you're Spirit, you also have to hold on to your seat or you're flying out the door. All right, that's uh, <laughs> going a little too far there. And the, the other thing, like you can watch an old episode of Friends on the little TV in the back of the seat. You can watch a baseball game even because you're not, yeah, it's, not yeah. it's not about that. A movie's about the whole the visuals, yeah, the sound, everything. Else. Exactly, it's the production value. You got to have the surround sound in the big screen. Yep. So, also, side note, I want you guys. So, I, I log my movies that I watch on this app called Letterboxd. Uh, I want you all to guess how many movies I've seen in the theater this year. All right, so we're June, a little June less 9th. than halfway through the year. So three a month, trap four a days. month. Oh, it's more than that. Um, Fifty-five. And this is in the theater. I ha- not streaming. Right. So I'll go twenty-five. Okay. That's kind of where I'm thinking, Toosley. I'm going to go just slightly higher than that because I really do think she sees almost everything. I'm going to say 31. Okay, Tyler? Yeah, I'm going to go I'm going to go just a touch under Taylor and say 48. Okay, the answer from is closest to Slee, 22. So I've seen 22 movies in the theater. Week. 22nd last night. So. How many have you seen? Are you not a fan of movies anymore, or what happened? Yeah, I know. I've been I've been slacking. It's, it's just all over the place. 22 movies. <laughs> How many have you seen you, uh, 36 right now, but I've right, yes. seen two today, so I'll be at 38 by tomorrow. A little double feature for you? How many? Huh? How many? Uh, 36. Taylor, how many? One. Yeah. I think yeah. Maybe Tyler, two. how many? Maybe two? I've seen two. Yeah. yeah. I pro- I'm probably two. Maybe three, <laughs> something like that. All right, I got one last one for you guys. So on Tuesday, uh, after my birthday, my friends and I wanted to go to Cheesecake Factory just because we're like, oh, let's get some dessert, and that'd be fun to get, like drinks and dessert whatever so and there we were close to the one in marina del rey 
And so I, I got there and there was a valet for the Cheesecake Factory. And I'm just like, I don't know. These two things don't really compute for me to have valet for the Cheesecake Factory. It's like having valet for Olive Garden, like doesn't really like equate for me. So there are some places that should not have valet. Taylor, factor cap. I think, uh, I don't know. I'll go cap on this. I think it's just more dependent on the location and how easy it is to get in and out of there than the actual, I don't know, quality of the restaurant. Tyler? Yeah, I'm going to go fact only because I've more often than not seen a valet guy go and park my car three feet away from where I'm standing in a spot that I easily could have parked myself there. And the only reason I couldn't was because there was a valet sign there. So, yeah, I think that there are places that deserve it and definitely places where it shouldn't exist. Trav? Um, you know my feelings on valet parking. I can't stand it. But Taylor's answer is the right answer, That and especially on the west side. There is no place to park, and it's not. It's not a. We think we're fancy. It's there's nowhere to put your car. We're gonna go park it nine miles away, and some guy's gonna go run after it. So it's more a function of that than anything else. But your theory is a good one. There are some. There's like a threshold to valet parking that should exist, yeah. and Cheesecake and Olive Garden do not meet that threshold. Like valet me for Jack in the Box. You're like, get out of here. Uh... Kind of valet yourself when you go around the clown's mouth, right? Uh, Al. Uh, cap for me, I think there should be more valet. Let me give you an example, okay? How many times that in and out? I know you got the drive through and everything else, but how amazing would that be if you just got to an in and out just gave somebody your keys, went, walked in, walked in, ate your, ate your food, and then walked out and you had nothing to worry about. You didn't have to worry about parking. How about that Trader Joe's that you go to probably in, in that, or not even anymore, Silver but in, that, in the Silver Lake area? Ugh. There's certain places, like, there's just nowhere to park, Trav, that you mentioned the west side as well. Ugh. It has less to do with where you're going. It just has to do with, can I get in and out? Is there a way to, for me to do this to get it done? And it's obviously a, a convenient. Now they charge an arm and a leg. That's the that's the uh, disadvantage. Your in and outs are different than mine because the scene inside the restaurant is just as chaotic as the scene outside. They move you through fast because they're in and out. They do it as fast as they can. But it's like it's always empty inside. N- never at the ones near my house. Yeah. It's the line and the drive through is a mile long, and the line at the counter is a mile long. And there's no they, they you could make a in and out the size of a Home Depot, and I still feel like it would be full inside. <laughs> it's just one of those places that's always loaded up with with people like me that just like, yeah, you know, give me a, a, a step ladder and three double doubles. That's what we're going to do. All right. Uh, SC schedule is one thing. Their defense is another. I got some numbers for you, Slee, that are just alarming. I don't know. Did they just give up a touchdown? <laughs> they Multiple. Two in the time that it took to us to do factor cap. It's coming up next. It's Travis Slee, 710 ESPN. Slee, what do you think my level of concern should be for AK in the chugging contest for the Mandy's? I think you got to, you know, I think you got to respect your opponent. Yep. I think you got to approach uh, any game as if anything can happen. But I also also think, you know, you're the champ. They got to come after you. So it's, uh, I think, it would be an upset. I think AK kind of slow playing. I, I can see AK taking down a taking down a beer. Now, can he take it down at your level? It, it would be a big it'd be a big surprise. I like that scouting report. I, I th- that was good. I need you to tell me that exactly before we go on there. I'm going to need you to co- I'm going to need you to be my uh, corner man, my hype man, and say, look, you've got this. Can you I are slap the champ, you a couple but, times but, but just be to like hype you up? <laughs> sure, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Uh, quick, little happy birthday to our mutual pal, DeMarco Farr. Uh, DeMarco celebrating a birthday today. So uh, we're thinking about you, bud. And uh, hope you have a, a very happy birthday 
Um, football season around the corner, Slee. I know. A lot of college football stuff that's getting dropped right now. The, the Rams actually signed somebody yesterday. Um, Demarcus Robinson, formerly of the Chiefs and the Ravens. Um, he's going to compete for a wide receiver spot, which they very much need. You got Cooper Cup, you got Van Jefferson, and then you got a, just a string of question marks after that. So Demarcus Robinson comes in uh, to at least compete for that job. Yeah, you are right. We're, we're in the June now. Um not that far away from uh, Trav having to work on the weekends again. I'm ready. I'm ready. You know this. Like, you've been blocks. ready. Yeah, you've already said. You said this in like March. You're like, all right, I'm ready. I need like 45 days. Yep. You know what I mean? I, I need I need 45 days, and then the season starts, and it goes by like that. And it's it's not like your schedule where there's multiple a week. It's just one Sunday, and it's awesome, and it's SoFi, and I enjoy it. And I don't know what the Rams are going to look like this year. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that Demarcus Robinson being a, a noteworthy signing, I think, kind of tells us where we are as far as the talent level on, on this particular team. But Sean McVay's pretty good coach, Lee. I, I thought when he came in that first year after taking over for Jeff Fisher that it might be kind of a, a slog, and it wasn't. They, they won 11 yeah. games, so yeah. there's hope. Also, so speaking on the same thing, so uh, ESPN came out with this like article, and they essentially stacked – or ranked the top five players on every NFL team, and then with those top five players, then ranked the NFL teams and, and like their top heaviness or whatever. Mm-hmm. So obviously, we got we know the first three, right? So we got Donald Matthew Stafford. Cup and Stafford. Yeah, exactly. So can we name the other two guys that are um <laughs> up there for them? That's fascinating. <laughs> Do we have a guess? <sighs> my my first guess would be. Like a Cam Akers, an Ernest Jones, one, one, some, somebody like that. Those are four and five somewhere in there. Okay. So, Al, what are your guesses for the other two guys that are in the top five of Rams players? Akers, Akers sounds like uh, – is Akers in it? Uh, no. Akers is not one of the people uh, we, that they listed. There's we got that one five. wrong, Slee. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, do you have a guess? You cover the Rams. I think Higby should be on there. Okay, Higby is a good guess. So, okay, the funny thing is, is that me and Travis probably couldn't even guess this because it's so deep track. So uh, they have Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Ernest Jones, and Steve Avila. So, uh, Wait a second. Yeah. The guy that they just drafted is their fifth guy? Yep. Their guard, yeah, that's Steve good. Avila. <laughs> The so guy that, by, by the way, Al, that they just drafted in the second round. And I'm not saying he won't be a good player. Hopefully sure, he's sure, a sure. great player. But it's not like they had the third overall pick and that's who mm-hmm. they took. But the first three were like potential Hall of Famers. Like you could make a case that eventually the, those three could be in the Hall of Fame and then it's a steep drop off. It's kind of fascinating. Donald, scratch it off the list. He's he's Clayton Kirsch. He's, he's in, right? You don't even have to have the conversation. Yep. I don't like, again, let's just say today. It's it's over. I don't know if Matthew Stafford's in there. Numbers wise, he has is he's up there with the rest of them. But but it's so an impact him. on his team. I, I, I'm with you. The numbers, his numbers are bonkers. But at the Super like, Bowl, Joe Montana's numbers are like not as good as Joe Flacco. And I'm just making it up. Flacco's yeah, problem. Yeah. But the the numbers don't translate anymore. Right. The 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 next guy will always have bigger numbers just because of the way that it's played. His impact, yeah. But when you think of Matthew Stafford as a Hall of Famer, Al, I'm the worst at. The criteria for Hall of Fame in all these sports, I I, I don't know it because certain never, guys. Never mind it, the criteria. Just like like you you think of him as one of the best you've ever seen. That the Hall of Fame is for the best guys we've ever seen. But is, is it, he that? Like because here's the problem is the way you define when you say when you define it like that, it's it's supposed to be for the players 
the best players that you've ever seen. Right. No, I do not look at Matt Stafford as one of the best players that I've ever seen. However, they're looking at the resume and they're seeing what yeah, those numbers are. Never mind that. Though, like, they're, because tally, the, they're they're but, all ridiculous. There's all you, a bunch of guys that have been in that shouldn't. But in, in a perfect world. Aaron Donald is in every football Hall of Fame that's ever existed. Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Like, we know him when we see But those him. are easy ones. That's what I'm saying. It should only be easy ones. But can you tell the story of the 2010s in the NFL without Matthew Stafford being yes. mentioned? Yes, 100%. Yeah. I, easily i don't know i think matthew stafford has a case maybe not first ballot but i think it's because obviously he's going to be in the detroit lions hall of fame that's like no sure, question sure he's probably uh, i, the I best could be in the lions hall of fame okay barry sanders alan sliwa and uh, we all Billy literally Sims. just go it, you can submit it online but I, th- I think that he's part of the whole story. I would not be surprised if he makes the Hall of Fame, and I think that he deserves it. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if he does, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it under the points that Al is making. Like, the, under the, well, if this guy's in, then that guy should be in. If, if that's the criteria, you know who gets in eventually? Literally everybody that's ever played. Because there's always the next closest guy, right? You will, under that criteria, everybody ever gets in. He's a really, really good player. He's a Super Bowl champion. He they won the Super Bowl because of him. Like I'm, I'm a fan. Oh, Matthew Stafford, right? I, I am a fan. But see, is that you? Hall of Fame? That's that's like a different level. Also, did Cooper Cup's one season, the 2021 season, secure that he could get into the Hall of Fame? He, that is a record-breaking historic season, and he's also had very good seasons outside of that as it's well. It's a record-breaking historic season, and he's had very good seasons outside of that as well. That is not a one of the best I've ever... He's Again, he's terrific, and I'm glad he's on the Rams, and I enjoy watching him, and he puts up a couple more, like not just very good, but incredibly good, then maybe we're having that conversation. But I, I don't know. I just it, I feel like that bar should be much I, I don't higher. have a problem with the it's too loose. I agree with that. But when you simplify it to just, is he one of the greatest players you've ever seen, Matthew Stafford? The answer is no. Right. LaDainian Tomlinson. Well, of course. Yeah. Right? Like you, when you want, like, yes, of course that's one of those guys. You you know him when you see him. That What's in and what should be in very rarely the same thing. Emily, I'm going to need you to uh, translate something for me with crypto.com. I don't know what that means. McMenamin just tweeted, and uh, I need a smarter brain than mine. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.